0: Profanity and topics may be disturbing for some listeners. Listen at your own risk. Welcome back to Hell on Heels podcast. I'm Bryce. I'm Brianna. I'm Amanda. That time went smoother. Welcome back for episode
1: thirteen.
2: Welcome.
1: We're at a baker's dozen.
2: Thank you for joining our baker's dozen.
1: No jail time here. Nope. We are promising your thirteen episodes and beyond. And they will weigh correctly. Yes.
0: Well, is it weigh or is it timing for us? Like, do they have to be a certain length? Is that what we agreed to? I don't know.
1: I have no idea. I just show up and talk. (laughs) Oh, I know. I'm kidding.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You think I just show up and talk? Let's talk about that.
2: (laughs) How, How are you guys? Just got done balayaging my hair. That was pretty fun. Just kidding. It was actually hell. But, you know, I did it and it turned out successful. So I'm pretty proud of myself. It looks great. Thanks. It does look really good. I don't know Thank what balayage
1: you. is, but it looks
0: good.
2: It's like, okay, so think of highlights, but it's like a natural version of highlights. So it's, it's you still softer. Use, yeah, you still use the bleach and stuff, but instead of, say, doing, you know, like, every other strand of hair you do highlights you'll you know kind of like go in and out of your hair of like one strand of hair and then like dye that part and then yeah okay
0: it's just softer than highlights, so it looks more
1: natural I guess I don't know
2: Bryce, why did you just text us saying Amanda and I are on ready?
1: I just got that. Okay, that was
0: sent, like, before Amanda got on. So, I don't know what's going on. I just (laughs) restarted my phone, too. Okay. So. All right. I don't know what's happening. And now I'm getting, like, a thousand different text messages. So, I don't know what's happening with my phone.
2: Mm, Well, whatever whatever was happening,
1: whatever
0: was happening, now it's working. It is working now, but. (laughs) I, I don't think it would have changed with an iphone I think um, it
2: would have. i've never I don't... had that problem actually i have had that problem i used to have like an iphone 3 literally i so i don't read a lot of text messages you know i just kind of like ignore them and i don't even like leave them on read i literally just leave them unread you know okay what and... type
0: of monster does that
1: how can you live with those, de- with those notifications? Once you like open your text messages. Oh God, okay, no, I cannot do that. But See? if I just open my text messages, it'll tell me like I have one. I don't know if you can say it one unread message, but ah. there's no notifications at the top of my screen. Well, okay, so that's
0: different, but yeah. I still have all the, I know. What the okay. Uh, What type of... That's what iPhone users do, is they leave all the notifications there.
1: Look at those. Every iPhone user that does that, like that right there, leaving unread notifications on your phone, that should be part of the McDonald Triad. (laughs) What is the McDonald Triad? Triad. Yeah, the McDonald Triad is like what... I don't know if they still use it, but they at least used to use it. The McDonald Triad is playing with fire, uh, being obsessed with urine, whether it's like wetting the bed or peeing on things. And then what was the other one? Harming animals? I think so. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Don't quote me on that. But it's what they used to use to judge serial killers. Like if this kid, if this kid's like mentally disturbed, it's like, oh, he's got two out of three of the McDonald's triad. We need to start getting serious.
2: Bad wedding. Uh, I said wedding.
1: wedding. Tell James to butt the (laughs) fuck out. It doesn't matter if it's his birthday or not. Bryce said to butt the fuck out. It doesn't matter if it's your birthday or not. I don't know if he heard me.
0: (laughs) I think he's ignoring us, but it's fine.
2: Well, it's always fun. So I, yesterday, made Cody. Wait, just, just hold on one sec. Are y'all seriously compar- comparing me to a serial killer just yes. leaving notifications unread? Yes. 100%.
1: 1000%. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know how people
0: but, do it because that uh, drives me absolutely uh, <laughs> up a wall. Yeah.
2: You know, at first it did, but I mean, I don't know. You know, a lot of the times I don't, I mean, when I was, younger you know I had my send read recipients on and so people could see when I read their text messages and when I had that you know and I just didn't feel like responding to people I just left them unread. and then you know at that point I had like 30 messages right and so then I was just like okay well I'll just literally I don't know it it makes me feel whole you know like that that people actually you know want to talk to me and love me because i have so many notifications
1: it makes me uncomfortable because it, now i have to respond i i don't feel the need to respond
0: but i do feel the need to check it and clear that notification
2: see i've got like honestly most of these are literally just like messages that i can't even respond to like att free message december Believe bill is paid those. And it's it's such spam, you know? I, I mean, still look at the spam. I, I look I, at it and I go, delete, done with you, unsubscribe, stop. How do you even unsubscribe to that?
0: Texting stop. Yeah, most of the time. Really?
2: Mm-hmm. But that's only when it says reply stop to no. Well, most
0: of them will let you just reply stop and it'll stop.
2: Now,
1: they'll still text you from a whole new number, but
0: but then you just keep telling them to stop, Mm
2: -hmm. and you
0: stop getting messages from that random number. Interesting. The AT&T ones that, with, like, your bill being paid, that you might not be able to unsubscribe from those. Yeah, no, those are,
2: well, those are spam, because, I mean, yeah, they're they're all fake. Like, literally everything is... I have ones that come from mine that aren't fake.
1: So... Mm. I get emails that aren't fake, but I get text messages that are. Like, I wish you would pay my fucking AT&T bill.
2: Yeah.
1: I don't have that issue. Oh, my husband
0: entered. Hold on.
1: Sorry. He came to tell me dinner
0: was done. So he's going to bring me food. Okay. Are you guys ready to get started? Since I know that, Amanda, you want to go spend time with James or something? Because it's like his birthday or
1: something. I don't know. That and uh, we're married. So I think that, like, comes with the, the contract i don't know for sure but it might
2: the day with your sig other on their birthday
1: Mm -hmm.
0: okay well i guess we'll get started um so i i'm starting off with true crime today this is gonna be a wild ride because i changed my story last minute because i was going to do jack the ripper but then i found a book i wanted to read what's that look for amanda I got excited, and then you just ruined it. No, I'll do it next time, though, for okay. sure, because I just found a book that I wanted to read, and I was like, I, I need to add all these things in there now, so that'll be next time, but this time, <clears throat> we are going to be doing Carl Tensla. Have you guys ever heard of him?
1: Ooh, no, I have not. Okay. <laughs> um,
2: okay, we'll just start.
1: So...
0: Karl Tansla, he was born, and this is a relatively short story, so it shouldn't take up too much time. I've only got four pages of notes, so. Record. <laughs> yeah, literally. It's normally like 14, so, sorry. Anyways, so Carl Tansla, he was born on February 8th, 1877 in Dresden, Germany. He grew up in Germany, and from what I could find in his early adulthood, he traveled quite a bit. He did end up in either Austria or Australia. All of my sources said one or the other, but nothing was clear. Um, but he did end up in one of the two just prior to World War One. He was reportedly sent to Trial Bay Goal during the war, which is an internment camp used during World War One. So that's kind of his early life. Also, he reported that during his childhood and travels, he reported that during a trip to Genola, Italy, he had, he had been visited by visions of a dead ancestor. 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 <laughs> <laughs> he had been visited by an ancestor, uh, Countess Anna Con- Constantia von Cosell. And he claims that this ancestor revealed the face of his true love, which was an exotic, dark-haired woman. That's all the details we got. But he knows that his one true love is exotic and dark-haired.
1: Oh my god, I might know this story. (laughs) Keep going. It's starting to sound familiar in a very uncomfortable way. These are uncomfortable giggles. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So... (laughs)
0: He returned to Germany after the war and he stayed with his mother for several years. Around 1920, he married Doris Schaefer and they had two children. First child is Aisha Tanzler, which is, she was born 1922 and died 1998. And his second daughter was Clarista Tanzler, who was born 1924
2: and died in 1934 of diphtheria. So she died at 10 years old. What? Are those their middle names or their last names?
0: Those are their first and last last names.
2: Why do they have different last names? They don't. Tansla. Oh. Oh. Or all
0: Tansla. It's maybe German,
2: so I'm trying to do,
0: like, the correct German pronunciation.
2: Okay, maybe you kind of... I don't know. I just... For some reason, I heard, like, two different last names, but
0: maybe well, I was the...
2: wrong. <clears throat> no, they're the same. So... In 1926,
0: he immigrated to the United States and he ended up settling in Zephyrus Hill? Zephyrus Hills. Something Hills, Florida. Um, He went there because that's where his sister had already settled. And so he went and settled. And soon after, his wife and children later joined him. And eventually in 1927 he as far as i'm concerned he abandoned his wife and children and he took a job as a radiology technician in key west florida and he went to key west florida to go work at the u.s marine hospital
2: twist he and went there to go and visit the doll we talked about last week
0: he did not go visit
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's dolls in this story but we'll get into that he was not visiting Robert. um Robert, that's his name. Oh, speaking of, you guys can go into picture one. I totally have it labeled to go into picture one, the very first thing, and I still didn't tell you guys to do it.
1: I did, Uh, and I love him. He looks like a character. uh, Yeah, we'll just, we'll hold on to that
0: thought for a minute. He took a job as a radiology technician, so running x-rays, and nowadays it'd be MRIs, that type of stuff, a radiologist, or at least a technician for him. And at this time, he was going under the name of Carl von Kossel So that was the same last name as the ancestor that supposedly visited him and showed him the vision of his one true love. On April 22nd, 1930, Carl met Maria Elena Milagro de Hoyas, who was born 1909. And you guys can go into picture number two. And that's just a picture of Maria. So Maria, again, she was born 1909. She was a Cuban-American woman. Her father was actually a cigar maker. Her uh, family, sorry, not family. She had two sisters, Florinda and Celia. Alina was married to uh, Luis Mesa, the son of, I don't know why I put that in there. She was married to Luis Mesa. No one cares about his parents. But Luis left, uh, left Maria shortly after she suffered a miscarriage of their child. And he moved to Miami. Now from whatever I could find. They didn't officially divorce at that time. Also she was only 21 at this time. So she was still very young.
2: She's a baby.
0: Yeah. So, How
2: old is he at this point?
0: Uh, he is 53. Oh. So Carl meets Maria. And they meet because Maria was brought to the hospital by her mother. And Tonsler claimed to have immediately recognized her as the woman from his vision in the past. So he's like, oh my god, this is my one true love. And he just becomes absolutely infatuated with her and he's just awestruck. And so he did truly believe that Maria was his one true love. Now, Maria was diagnosed with tuberculosis. And for anyone that does not know what tuberculosis is, it's a contagious infection caused by bacteria that mainly affects the lungs, and it can be transmitted through airborne exposure. Now, in this point... Transmitted. (laughs) Fine. (laughs) Um, At this point in history, it was typically fatal. Uh, Nowadays, like through testing research, it's not nearly as fatal as what it used to be. However... I know because from my experience working at a medical clinic, a lot of places, hospitals and such will make their new hires test for TB before employment. So I know I had to do that prior to, I guess not prior, I had to do it on day one when I started working at the clinic I previously worked at. So it's still a big deal because of how easily it's spread. I mean, not like COVID, but it can still be spread really easily. It was very fatal at that point. Now. Tansler had become infatuated, and he decided, with his self-professed medical knowledge, he decided he was going to treat and cure Maria. Now he's not a doctor; he's a radiology technician. So he ran the machines, but he's going for it full force, trying to trying to save Maria.
1: And just Love to clarify, will make you do some crazy things. Uh huh. Uh huh. Amanda, are you connecting dots on what story this is? Yes, I am and I don't like it. Please <laughs> okay, keep going. I'm excited to not like it. Okay.
0: So, just to clarify, Maria was not hospitalized. She was she was living at home with her parents and Carl was administering treatment for for her from their home. Um his treatment went to the whole extent that he was able to convince her parents to set up an x-ray machine in their home so that he could monitor the tuberculosis because that's how you can see it if you have it in your lungs now he Tonsler showered maria with gifts just galore he gave her jewelry clothing really anything and he allegedly professed his love to her but there is no evidence to show that she reciprocated this now keep in mind there's a 32 year age gap between them
2: elena was yeah that's a long time i mean Sorry. I'm sorry. Keep going.
0: (laughs) Maria is 21 years old and Tonsler is 53 years old at this time. Elena did end up dying from the TB or tuberculosis at her parents' home on October 25th, 1931.
2: And So how old
1: was she? 21. Oh. She was just 21. Baby. Yeah. She was just a little baby. Now... Carl
0: Tonsler, he paid for her funeral. He was so distraught that he even, with permission from the family, he commissioned the instru- the he commissioned the construction of an above above Oh my god, I am stuttering so bad today, I'm sorry. So he commissioned the construction of an above ground mausoleum in the cemetery. So like a whole ass building for her. Uh, one report even states that because he was the person that paid for the mausoleum, he was also the only one with a key to the mausoleum. Not even her parents and family had a key. Which, wow. she,
1: that couldn't go wrong at all. Nope, not at all.
0: Well, Counselor visited the cemetery almost every night. He was so distraught, and he's just the love of his life is gone. Now, love
2: of his life. <laughs>
0: Let's remember, he's married and he left his wife and children. So let's just keep that. He's still legally married. It doesn't say anything about a divorce. It just says he abandoned him.
2: My word.
0: So, all right. In April of 1933, about a year and a half to two years after Maria had been buried, Carl Tonsler goes to the mausoleum. He removes her body and he carts her away on a children's toy wagon in the middle of the night.
1: I'm sorry, but like you couldn't find anything else. Not like a trunk with wheels, not a duffel bag. Like you used a fucking radio flyer and just pulled this dead body <laughs> down the street.
0: What's funny is every single source I looked at made sure to stress that this was a children's toy wagon that he used. Anyways. In there. So. He took her body back to his home. There's at least one report that states that he took her body back to an old airplane that he had repurposed into a makeshift medical laboratory. Um, He really is starting to feel like a DIY expert because he made a whole medical laboratory out of an airplane.
1: He's starting to feel like an evil villain. You know what what he's starting to feel like
0: DIYers can be villains too.
1: Well, and I, I can think of one named Carl.
2: Where did you get the airplane from?
0: I have no idea, and I don't know if that's accurate. That was just a couple sources that stated that.
1: I really hope that's accurate. Yeah, <laughs> that, <laughs> that would be do.
0: pretty damn cool.
1: <laughs> it's doing wonders for my mental picture.
0: Now, when he got when he got Maria's corpse back home, he attached her bones together using piano wire. He fitted her face with glass eyes. And he would routinely apply mortician's wax to her face to keep her alive look. And as her skin decomposed, he would replace it with silk cloth soaked in wax and plaster of Paris. As her hair fell out because she's decomposing, he fashioned a wig from her hair. Now it's unclear because there are reports that he previously had hair given to her by her mother. Or if this was just hair that was coming out as her body naturally decomposed. Why would mother even
2: give him her hair?
0: I would would be
2: like, oh, fuck no.
0: He was administering medication to her in their home. And I don't know if it was like, oh, that's kind of sweet. He's going to create a keepsake out of it. I know nowadays people will keep like a lock of hair of their loved ones. And they will make, like, a necklace out of it and, like, a, I don't know if it's epoxy, but some clear sort of something so that they have, like, a, a memory thing of them. Look, they make breast milk rings, too. Don't look at me like that, okay? No
2: offense. I totally get it. They're, like, you know, you miss your partner or whatever, but that's really creepy.
0: Most of that the time, really... I think it's a child. Okay. if yeah, anything, but him? You
2: know, I would keep, like, you know, their favorite dress or something or, like, their favorite, you know outfit or, I don't know, just a lock of hair just sounds, like, very odd to me. Like, very strange. I don't know. I wouldn't want somebody to cut off my hair when I'm dead. This story isn't strange to you yet?
0: Because it hit
2: strange a while ago. (laughs) No, I know. That, I mean, it... So, the parents didn't have a lock and key, so they had no idea about this. And then he... He ends up, like...
1: Can I go back a little bit?
2: Um, You and the doll stories, Bryce. I can't. (laughs) I have a lock
1: of my own hair. Because it was when I had dreadlocks. It was when I had dreadlocks. And I combed them all out. The last one, I just... I kept it for a couple more years. Because I went down from, like, 34 to just one. And I kept it. And then when I finally just lopped all my hair off, I just had the the hair... Stylist, the hairdresser cut it off, and I still have it. So I have one dreadlock, and I also have my wisdom teeth.
2: Cannot imagine you with dreadlocks out of
1: out of my mouth because my dentist let me keep them. (laughs) Why do you have these things? Honestly, it started as a joke when he pulled the first one. I was like, "Oh well, can I keep it? It's mine." And he's like, "Yeah, we'll send it home with you." And I was like, "Oh, okay." And so then he went back and he pulled the other three and he was like, well, you kept them last time, didn't you? Do you want to keep these too? And I was like, well, yes, sir, I would. And so I have them. My grandma cut off. I think it's a family thing because when my grandma was little, she cut off the tip of a finger in a belt sander and she still has it in a little baby food jar and she pours alcohol in it every now and then. Yeah. When we were young, we used to take it down and play with it. Like a, like a finger tip. Yeah. We would take it out we'll not like take it out of the jar, but we would take it out of the cabinet and like swirl it around and it's like a fingertip snow globe. And as I tell these stories out loud, I know why I'm so fucked up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what it was the practically world? cut off? But that's creepy. I don't think that I would ever cut ooh. I I would never ever keep if if I wasn't able to put, or if the surgeon wasn't able to put the tip of my finger back on, I would not have kept it. That's that's a whole nother story. But that's no.
1: I cut off no. the tip of my finger with a pampered chef, like a mandolin, and they were able to reattach it. But if not, I would have kept it. Um, yeah, I think you're going to need to talk to your therapist about this. I still don't have one in Arkansas. I Probably need I think to
0: get you one. Might so. need one because I'm yeah. concerned. <laughs> Mostly for Annie's sake, I'm concerned.
2: Yeah, literally. Dude, please promise me that if your finger ever gets chopped off again, that you that you won't keep it.
0: Oh, she's oh, hell no. I'm that. keeping
2: it. Yeah, I'm keeping it. I'm going to keep every part of
1: me that I can. Because it's just... I don't Free, know why. She has-, just, she has her wisdom
0: teeth and a lock of hair of hers. You can sure as shit bet she's keep-
1: keeping that fingertip. <laughs>
0: And she's gonna swirl it on camera every time we're on
1: camera. Yeah. Okay, See, we're gonna I'm gonna do on. this so when I die, I can leave these. I'll, I will mail them to you. <laughs> no. When I die, all of my closest friends
2: will get a wisdom tooth. You don't know my current address. <laughs> oh, so, sorry. Not sorry. I'll find it. It's okay. We have I your parents my address. we met. Mm. Yeah, well, my parents will most likely sell the house in like 10 years and I doubt that Amanda would die in 10 years, so... <laughs> We can start
0: early. Hope not. You'll, you'll send.
2: You'll literally send it to a random, to a random couple. You know, like starting their family. <laughs> what is this? That is a tooth.
1: <laughs> we should probably call the police. <laughs> I'll sign the letter from your biggest fan. That way, it doesn't scare them. <laughs> okay, that'll help. Oh, my okay. So again, he created a wig from
0: her hair. He filled her abdomen and chest cavity with rags to keep her original form. He dressed her in stockings, jewelry, gloves, anything he could really do to cover her up. And to top it all off, he kept the body in his bed.
2: He claims that... Kept... A... Wait, Yes. Let... let's just go back to that real fast. He kept a dead body in his... Did he at least wash the sheets every day? Or every night?
0: I'm assuming not.
2: I, that's, I mean, the smell. How how could you even sleep with that?
0: Well, speaking of the, the smell, I do have a bullet point for that. He, where is it? Hold on. So he used tons of perfume, disinfectants, and preserving agents to try to mask the smell of the fucking decaying body right next to him.
1: So love Still. is not blind. No. <laughs> Not nose, not nose blind. Not nose really. blind. Yeah, jinx.
0: No. Oh, no, no, no! That was said well <laughs> in advance. There is no jinx there. So he claims that Maria's spirit would come to him when he would visit her grave, and he states that her spirit would serenade her corpse with a Spanish song. Uh huh. That one hurt my it's head. A mental was hospital. Like,
2: yeah. So I mean, if you're if you're seriously like. I mean, I get that some people can, like, talk to the dead and stuff. But, I mean, I don't know if this girl actually, you know, loved him. If she did, that would kind of make sense. But if she didn't, then what?
0: No. She's not serenading him. She is serenading her own body.
2: Mm,
1: Okay, that makes
0: sense.
1: Mm -hmm. Is he sure Mm -hmm. there wasn't just, like, a Hispanic family living around... Maybe they were in choir. I don't know. But he claims
0: that her spirit would often tell him to take her from the grave as well. Now, by this time, Carl Tonsler had really made a name for himself by being the town recluse. And so he kind of kept to himself and all of that fun stuff. Now, he took her body in 1933. And seven years later, in October of 1940... Maria's sister, Florinda, had heard rumors that Tonsler was sleeping with her sister's corpse. Now, these rumors started because he wasn't going to the mausoleum anymore, which seven years later. But he wasn't going to the mausoleum. The town recluse was also seen buying a lot of women's clothing and perfume and just things that wouldn't make sense for him to purchase. And someone also claimed to have have seen him dancing in front of an open window. With Maria's body.
1: Y'all gotta be more careful about this shit. Okay. If you want to be weird. He's getting caught. I am glad he is getting caught.
0: Okay. Um, it could have been a doll. They could have just thought it was a life-size effigy. People are weird and have those. Um, so they probably were just like. What a weirdo. Uh, but understandably. Florinda. Maria's sister is not happy. She is pissed. She is not having it. And she confronts Carl Tonsler at his home and she notifies authorities. Authorities take the doll, for lack of a better term, and they initially believe it's just a life size doll. They're like, whatever, no big deal. But they quickly discover that it's a a big deal and that it is not just a life size doll. Carl Tonsler is arrested and detained. He is evaluated by a psychologist and he is found to be mentally competent to stand trial on the charges and the charges are of wantonly and maliciously destroying a grave and removing a body without authorization
1: and doing the waltz in front of an open window with said body i don't think they were charging him for waltzing with it but they were charging him for taking it
2: that's just because they didn't have proof and possibly having sex with the stall because it was in his bed and that just creeps me out
0: Oh, it gets worse on that part we'll get to that one we'll save oh. that for a minute oh. now <clears throat> now he was found to be of sound mind i guess by psychologist if he's able to stand trial but he did to state that his ultimate plan involved flying maria's body high into the stratosphere so the radiation from outer space could penetrate her tissues and restore life to her
1: And this man's sane. This man's sane. Yes, he's at least competent enough to stand trial. I, I don't know. What was his job title again? He was a radiology technician. So he ran the machines. So he knew exactly what he was talking about when it come to flying deceased individuals into the stratosphere.
0: Yes. He also knew how to treat tuberculosis, apparently. Not well, but he tried. I I feel so
1: bad for laughing at that, but sorry. Uh... (laughs) Now, eventually, all
0: charges were dropped. So he was never charged, and the reason for that is because the Statue of Limitations had run out, and they couldn't actually charge him for stealing her body.
1: Pardon the fuck out of me? I guess
0: if you are in possession of a body, it's not illegal. But if you take it, you've got a certain amount of time to get away with it before they can't charge you anymore.
2: Usually, statute of limitations is like ten years. Why did this thing go um, on for ten years? It was very apparent that he literally took the body and kept it in his fucking bed. I don't necessarily think it's typically
0: 10 years. I think it um, just depends on the type of crime it is. And I think this would be considered a lower. And the lower it is, the less time they really care about it. Um, That's what I'm assuming. Now, again, charges were dropped. Maria's body was then examined by physicians and pathologists and actually put on public display at the Dean Lopez funeral home, where as many as... 6,800 people came to view her desecrated body.
1: Wasn't she been through enough?
2: Huh? Poor woman, just let her rest in peace.
0: I, trust me, I know that really bothered me, but I did not make that call because I would not have put her on display in a public area. I wouldn't have put her on display at all. But anyways... Eventually, her body was returned to the Key West Cemetery, where she was buried in an unmarked grave in a secret location to prevent any further tampering. Thank God. Yes. Now, the media, of course, they sensationalized the story. But the mood of the public was more sympathetic to Carl Tonsler than it was to Maria. He was viewed as an eccentric romantic. What year is this? 1940s.
1: Y'all should know better by now. (laughs)
2: Yeah. (laughs) Seriously. Yes. So
0: again that's just the public opinion. Oh he's an eccentric romantic and I have not of that opinion but. um, He is not. He's a creep.
2: They should have been put in jail.
0: Evidence later came out of Tonsler's suspected necrophilia with her corpse. Dr. Depu and Dr. Foraker, who attended the second autopsy of Maria in 1940, recalled that a vaginal tube had been inserted into her vaginal area to allow for intercourse. Now, Carl Tonsler denies any necrophilia. He says it did not happen, and this detail did not come out until 1972. So these doctors are saying they were part of the autopsy in 1940, but didn't say anything about this little detail for 30 years. So a lot of people are skeptical that this is true, but it could be. I don't know. It's, it's one of those things that, that it's not substantiated. Um, there is an HBO documentary that I did not watch because I did not find it called HBO Autopsy that was aired in 1999. And this program did repeat this claim. So that might also be why so many people think that there was necrophilia involved. But that's, that's where that stands. In 1944, Carl Tonsler moved to Pasco County, Florida, which is close to Zephyr Hills. He... He wrote an autobiography that appeared in the pulp publication Fantastic Adventure in 1947. And this is basically everything I could find about it. It's basically like a comic book, but without like the pictures. Like that same idea where it's so one and done. Uh, Of course, I went and I found this though. (laughs) I could not bring myself to read the entire thing because it is all from Carl Tonsler's point of view. And also on the first page, there's a quote that says, can the dead be brought back to life? This is the true story of a scientist who believed it could be done and did it.
1: Email me that. I'll read it.
0: Okay. It was also a longer one. It wasn't short. It was like 150 pages or something. So I was like, man, pass. Not worth my time. So I did send you guys that link.
1: Perfect. I don't have um, anything to do. You have my
0: life, James's birthday tonight. It's just tonight.
2: extremely disturbing. Yeah. I mean, so anyways, like, other than that. <laughs> oh,
0: okay. okay.
1: So okay, it was I did... Wide open.
0: <laughs> I did find that then for you. So if you want to read it and report back what's in it, that'd be great. Uh, again, I couldn't bring myself to read it because it was from Carl Tunsler's point of view, and I... I wasn't enjoying that first quote, and that was like, meh, pass. Now... <clears throat> His new home, when he went to uh, Pasco County, was near his wife, Doris, who actually reportedly helped support Tonsler in his later years. So she's a fucking saint.
1: Now that's a badass woman right there. Yes. Now that
0: is true love. (coughs) Yes. He did receive his citizenship in 1950, and that kind of irked me a little bit because I don't think he should have, but that's just my opinion. This is your
1: candidate? For citizenship?
2: Uh-huh. Yes, it is.
1: So, even though Elena,
0: or I keep saying Elena, I'm sorry, her middle name is Elena, Maria was taken from him. His obsession didn't stop. He reportedly at one point even asked the family if he could have her back. And they were like, uh, hard pass. No, hard pass. <laughs> and so he did make a Or he did use a death mask to create a life-size effigy or doll of Maria. And a death mask is basically just a mold of her face. And so he had a mold of her face and was able to create a mask of it. Now, he lived with this life-size doll until his body was discovered on the floor of his home three weeks after his death. So, he died at the age of 75 on July 3rd, 1952, and three weeks later, his body was discovered. That's sad. Like, nobody deserves that. Well, reportedly, he was found in his home in the arms of his Maria doll. Okay, I guess he deserved that. Now, that's just one report. In his obituary, it states that he was found on the floor behind one of his organs. Like, Musical organs. So I don't know what's correct, but it could Thank have you just for been sensationalized. Clarifying. I didn't know I if can't... he was
1: found behind his kidney or something.
0: I felt like it was necessary. <laughs> <laughs> Years later, more and more twists have been put on the story, with one article actually stating that Tonsler had confessed to having killed Maria by poisoning her. So in 1982, this article tells of how renovation workers allegedly found a note written by Carl Tonsler. The, re- the note said, <clears throat> she died because I gave her, wow, I cannot, I'm sorry. She died because I gave this to her mercifully. I mixed the root of wolf- bane and acn- acnite diluted It was palpable and my loved one departed this miserable world on October 5th, 1931. Suffer no more, sweet Elena. I have sent you to the angels with my golden elixir. Again, this is not a substantiated claim. But people do now believe that he possibly killed Elena because she didn't love him back. And I don't know. My theory would be she didn't love him back and that was his way of taking control of that but um there's also one more speculation that people believe that Carl Tonsler had actually somehow gotten Elena's corpse again and that he did die in the arms of the physical corpse. Now that one I find far-fetched just because I assume if he died and authorities came in and saw him in the arms of this giant doll, they probably checked to make sure it wasn't a corpse knowing his history. So I'm, I'm going to say that one's probably not true. But again, it's been sensationalized. I so, hope that's not true. That's just a rumor. She was buried in an unmarked location. So I, I doubt that one's true. So chances are slim, at least. Slim, yeah. So that's the story of Carl Tonsla.
1: I like it. Okay. I don't like him and she deserves better, like I said, but. Well,
0: I can't control that. I, I'm i going to be honest because I was doing Jack the Ripper research and I was like, oh, shit, I got to change this real quick. I literally just freaking have a list of names and pointed out one and that one won. So.
1: I have heard that story, but I could not, like, when I first saw his photo, and you said the name, I didn't put it together.
0: Speaking of photos, there's a third photo that actually shows the doll in the, not the doll, the, her corpse in the condition that they found it.
1: That's when I put it, yeah, that's when I put it together. When I saw that, and I was like,
2: oh,
1: this one. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know the. I guess the grave robber stories just call to me somehow, not the same way spirits are calling to these people that rob graves. But
1: I I can relate to, to that you. because, uh, you know, what kind of stories your call cannibalism me, stories? It's just it absolutely baffles me. Okay, cannibalism does like what goes through a person's head to. It's the psychology of it do that you? Just I find so interesting. Do you Google cannibalism murder stories? I swear to God, I don't. I swear to you, I don't. Like the last two that I did, I did not know there was cannibalism in it. The last one, um, Carter, I knew, I knew like it had something to do with rituals um, until I got deep into the research. That's when I found the cannibalism sorry. No, you're not. I'm a little sorry. Peaky. Well, <laughs> you're not. I can tell. Well, I can promise you this. Um, today does not involve cannibalism.
0: Well, I hope so, because you're the paranormal story for today.
1: Uh, don't challenge me. Um, <clears throat> Continue. So, do y- have y'all ever heard of Aoki Gahara? Never. Nope. Aokigahara is it's translated to Sea of Trees and it is known as or also known as Japan's demon forest, the suicide forest, and it has even been named in a book, The Perfect Place to Die. It's roughly 35 square kilometers or 13.5 square miles located at the foot of Mount Fuji. Wait, and why would formed... they
0: nickname it the perfect place to die? Because that makes me not want to go there.
1: I will get to it. So it was formed about a thousand years ago, roughly, which is just, it's hard to comprehend, at least for me living in America, that places exist over a thousand years ago. Hey, you know, the world does not revolve around America, Right.
2: Trust yeah, me. On, I
1: know. I don't Amanda. think a lot of Americans know, but I'm well aware.
2: Okay, when I said, come on, Amanda, I was honestly about to say, come on, America. <laughs> but come I'm on, didn't. America. <laughs> I stopped myself.
1: But just learning our history, you know, like 1940 and 1920s is hard to think of like, I can't even think that'll be more. Or I mean, that'll be my next story. Uh, Google cannibalism 1800s. <laughs> <laughs> Please. (laughs) No, thank you. Please don't. (laughs) In Aokigahara, um, you're said to be able to find beautiful ice caves and trees so dense, the sun and the wind have a hard time getting through. So, a lot of people report that it's just eerie, quiet, and still. There's dangerous paths littered with uneven volcanic rocks because that's actually what it's how this forest was made was mount fuji erupted so the ground is volcanic rock and the trees started to grow up through that so it's super slippery super uneven
0: isn't volcanic There's, ash super like fertilizing for plants
1: i think so i think i've heard that i don't know if it's the sulfur specifically but that might be why this another reason why this forest is just insane because the trees that did grow up their roots are just like gnarly. They'll come up, they tangle into one another. It's very easy to trip over them because they're covered in moss and they're hard to see. And there's also multiple underground caves. So if you're not careful, you could just step in an underground cave and seriously injure yourself. That like, sounds like tumble just a, into one. That sounds like just a hole. I mean, I guess a cave is just a really big, expansive hole. If we want to dumb it down. Yeah, I do. <laughs> the soil has also been said to have a high iron content, so it's rumored that that makes it difficult for compasses, GPS, and even cell phones to work. So instead, people or tourists if they want to go through the forest and venture off the trails, which is highly not recommended, they'll use rope or tape, etc., something like that to mark their trails so they can just follow it back it seems like you would need a lot of rope for that oh yeah a ton
2: why is it not recommended because i feel like you know that would actually be a really good way to just find your way back no going off the trail is not recommended oh okay my dumb blonde brain
1: (laughs) no you're fine yeah (laughs) i'm just kidding (laughs) So, tourists use the tape and the rope, et cetera, to mark their trails. So, if they do go off the paths, they can find their way back. The army, the Japanese army, apparently, is said to have been trying to remove them for years and it's just pointless. Like, they're always there. The trails, like the tape and the rope and everything that the tourists will leave to find their way back. They'll go in and they're trying to remove it. And it's just like pointless because there's so much and so many. How long
0: of a rope do do these tourists have?
1: From my understanding, they will basically tie a rope or, you know, like the little plastic markers that a lot of times construction people use and stuff like that. They're just like plastic ribbons that you tie and they're like brightly covered, like colored, like pinks and yellows. Yeah, they'll put those up. And they so you have to put them every few feet because the forest is that fucking dense.
0: Okay, so when you said that they were using rope,
1: I imagine they tied the rope to their waist and then walked around. That would probably be the best way to get back, to be honest. But that's you can look at I some of the pictures that I've put up. Like, it is insanely, like, this forest is just crazy.
2: I honestly thought that like, you know, they would tie something to I don't know, like let's say a tree at first, right? And then just do a little knot. And then, you know, like every, you know, I don't know, maybe ten feet or whatever, they you know, like wrap it around and then they'd go the next ten feet, wrap it around the next tree. To me, that's kind of the idea I had, but mine was yeah, but like that they would wrapped have to it around, be around their very waist. Long.
0: That's why I'm so confused. Because I'm like, geez, that is a lot of rope that they're using.
1: That's heavy, too. Yeah. yeah. Most of the time, they just use, like, the flags. And they'll put a flag on this tree. And then, like, five feet, they'll put another flag. But even then, it's still doing that. Ridiculously easy to get lost in here. Animals are also said to avoid the forest. There are some animals that can be found. Like uh, foxes, deer, rabbits, squirrels, minks, mice, moles, and Asian black bears. What's a mink? I feel like I should know this, but I can't think of what a mink is. I believe it's a rodent. I'm gonna look it up real quick, but I believe it is a it rodent. Is. It's I think the I'll uh think they make I'll fur coats out of them a lot. Coat. He's yeah. like they're kind of cute. Coat. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of ferret like, weasel esque.
0: Yeah, they're like a they look like a ferret almost.
1: Yeah, I heard they do not make good pets. But they look so cute. Yes, they are very precious. I, you can I still find don't them want one. No, I don't even I, want a ferret.
0: So I don't, yeah, no, no I was gonna say ferrets are terrible, so I don't, I'm no. just saying they're
1: kind of cute from a distance. <laughs> yes, they're cute in someone else's house. Not even house, they're cute outside. They're cute in Aokigahara. So there are some animals that you can find in here, but people say that it's it's not like it should be, like in any other forest. It just seems like animals are, they tend to avoid it, yet humans flock to this place. Because
0: Humans are stupid.
1: <laughs> well, it does have a lot of really beautiful sites. There's roughly 200 caves. There is Fugaku Wind Cave. There is... I'm not going to any sp- of these caves. This one I would definitely go to. It's the Natasawa Ice Cave. And I'm so sorry if I'm mispronouncing these. But it is an, it's a cave that remains frozen year-round. And the average temperature is 37.4 degrees Fahrenheit in this cave. It's supposed to be just absolutely gorgeous. Why is it frozen year-round? Is it that cold? In the cave, yes. How? I don't know. This isn't like, about Nadasawa Ice Cave. It's about Aoki Gahara.
2: <laughs> but, but I'm curious. <laughs> Deep into the cave it's that, or is it that it's really far underground?
1: Let's see. Why is I'm gonna look this up too. <laughs> you better Google that. Okay, so it's a lava cave in Aoki Gahara, and it's known as a natural refrigerator. It says the cave, and I'm actually reading this on guidesjapan.com. The cave was formed by an eruption of a nearby volcano in the 9th century. And the inner reach of the cave has a year-round temperature of 0 to 3 degrees Celsius. It says during the 17th and 19th centuries, the ice cut out and preserved in the cave was sent over 150 kilometers to the Shogun Castle in Tokyo. None of this uh, really, honestly, tells me why. But what is kind of cool was apparently in the 20th century that hole was used to prefer to preserve seeds and silkworms. Okay, but it doesn't tell me why it remains frozen year-round. So I'm sorry, I'm a little disappointed, but
0: I'll move on. Mm-hmm.
1: Come on, Amanda. There's also the Lakeside Bat Cave. And it's inside another lava tunnel. It's over 1,268 feet long. And it's the longest cave in Aokigahara. Other than the caves, Aokigahara... I wouldn't want to walk it. Mm. I would walk in and then walk out. Other than the caves, Aokigahara has 300-year-old trees and breathtaking views of Mount Fuji. And basically, people say, like, all of this is great, like it's a fabulous tourism spot. Just stay on the paths. That's all you got to do. Stay on the paths. Locals it's like claim common sense. Locals that live around Aokigahara claim that the forest attacks three types of people: trekkers, the curious, and those planning a one-way trip into the forest. It attacks these people? Actually, some people do claim that there are spirits in the story that I'll get into a little later. Uh, but people claim that this forest attracts the dark, like, people in dark places. Oh, attracts,
0: and, not attacks. Yes. Okay, I heard it Oh, yes.
1: Okay. Aoki is actually the second most popular place in the world to commit suicide. It's claimed- Whoa,
0: whoa, whoa, that the whoa, 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 whoa. Most popular? That doesn't feel S- like- I, Second I most popular. Okay, what's the most
1: popular? Well, I was gonna say before I was so incredibly rudely interrupted that it is claimed that the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco, California is the first, like, most popular.
0: Okay. Okay. Why is this a popularity contest between locations?
1: I don't know. That is, like, the most fucked up popularity contest.
0: Yeah, I'm not quite (laughs) sure. I don't like this popularity contest. I'd like to... I don't either. Well,
2: no, I don't either. I think... I mean... Suicide is... Let's not get into that. It's very sad. But... It is. I... It shouldn't be a popularity contest, you know? I mean.
0: It really is the most fucked up popularity contest I've ever heard of.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. It was not my intention to make it a popularity contest, but I did correctly guess that one of you would ask what the most popular one was. It's
0: always going to be me. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I'm the one with Mm -hmm. fucked up questions, so it's always going to be me.
1: No, I'm sure you're not the only one. Like other people, I was curious. I'm sure other people are curious too. People claim that there are more tree branches that hold nooses than leaves in this forest. That's what people kind of say about it. Um, Hanging is the number one form of suicide in Aokigahara. There's also self-induced poisoning and overdoses. Hikers have been known to stumble across dead bodies while they're trekking through the forest. That's fucking on awful. the path? That is Not terrible. on the path. No, no. just okay. Mm-hmm.
0: They so were following sad. someone else's rope.
1: Yeah, or they were just kind of going their own way off the path.
0: I would say and, they're going with the yeah. wind, but you said there's no
2: wind. Mm-hmm. Wind is kind of more of like a figure of speech though, right? Like Colors of the Winds by Pocahontas. I know that Pocahontas didn't actually make up that, but it's from the movie Pocahontas. It's very Disney. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: That one is, but
2: they weren't That's so
1: sad. So when hikers do find the dead bodies, um, forest workers are the ones that have to remove them. And according to AokiGahara.com, and this is a quote, When the forest guardians find a dead body, they will take it to a special room designed for dead bodies that can be found next to the forest. Here, the body will be placed on a bed. What is more interesting, though, is that a guard will have to sleep in the same room with the body.
0: No, 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 no,
1: This may seem surprising, but it is said that if the corpse is left alone in the room, it's... Yuri, which I'll get into a little later, but Yuri is spirit or ghosts in Japanese. It's Yuri will move all night in the dormitory, screaming and being deranged. The guards will play rock, paper, scissors, and I believe it's called Janken, I think is how that's spelled, or Janken in Japanese, to decide who will be the unlucky one to sleep during the night next to the body. This just shows how much they believe in and how they are afraid of fallen souls. They prefer to sleep near the body rather than taking the risk to disturb a yuri.
0: wait! Explain a yuri again. That went in one ear, out the other. The headphones did not keep it in. Like
1: the soul of the body. Yes, uh, yuri is basically a ghost in Japanese. Now, they they can be vengeful. And I've seen, if we have anybody that's a little more knowledgeable on this, by all means, let me know. Because some sources that I read claimed that Yuri were strictly vengeful and ghosts that weren't at rest. And then other sources said that Yuri is just a ghost. Like, that's what it translates to.
2: Spelled U-R-R-I.
1: Y-U-R-E-I. And I found it in my notes. According to JapanYugen.com, they describe a Yuri as spirits robbed of a peaceful afterlife due to an injustice they suffered while living, being subject to powerful emotions like hate, love, or jealousy, or an unfulfilled commitment. Okay.
2: The spirits that
1: didn't. The ones that aren't at rest peacefully. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go.
1: Numerous books and movies have been written that seem to kind of romanticize Aokigahara. For example, there was a horror movie released in 2016 called The Forest. I've seen it. Doesn't suck. It's actually pretty good. Okay. There is a mystery novel that was written in 1960 called Kudoi Jukai, and it's by Seicho Matsumoto. Spoiler Alert It ends with two lovers committing suicide in the forest and like then the that. last book that I'm going to talk about is called "The Complete Suicide Manual. It was a controversial bestseller in nineteen ninety three and it was written by Wataru surumi and this is the book that called Aoki Gahara the perfect place to die i don't I don't like it. I- don't either part of me the curious part does want to read this book because i'm just really curious on why it was a bestseller like why is the complete suicide manual a bestseller
2: i know no it actually does honestly Mm. though that's like so sad because i mean there's so many people out there who just need help but they don't want to ask for it you know and so they just result Mm -hmm. to I don't know, or just people that are curious about it, but still, I mean, I
1: don't. yeah, this week, really I, I don't like it. I so commonly found in the forest, uh, often not far from a suicide victim are their belongings. And there is a picture of that, that somebody found and, uh, people have been said to find wallets, credit cards, campsites, stuff like that the local police for a while they published numbers but they've actually stopped publishing the numbers of suicides in Aokigahara and I did not include any of those in my notes any of those numbers because the police and the Japanese government right now they're hoping to In the past and right now. They're hoping to downplay those looking to commit suicide in the forest. And just attract visitors and sightseers that maybe want to appreciate how beautiful this place actually is. Because like I said, it is gorgeous. Uh, There are security cameras posted at the entrances of the forest. And there are warning signs that are spread through that try to persuade people against taking their life. And it's... Signs that say things along the lines of, think about your children, Uh, your parents gave you life, think about them, think about your family. Sometimes people do go into the forest and they stray off the trails to go camping. And some sources I read that that was illegal. Most sources said that it was not illegal, but it is thought to suggest doubt. So people in tents, they're usually seen as considering taking their own life. So they have suicide prevention patrols and these people will go talk to them, make sure they're okay. If they're not okay, they'll suggest that they leave the forest. But they basically have people going through just checking and making sure that they people they find are not in a bad place and not looking to possibly do this.
0: Well, it's at least positive that they're actively trying to do something to prevent
1: it. Mhm. And from what I read, these people are actually, like, trained to talk to people. Like, maybe not therapists, but they have been through some sort of formal or informal training to try to help people if they need it. Police and volunteers, they also try to talk people out of committing suicide. There was one local coffee shop owner that I read about, and he also talks to people he suspects are visiting the forest with dark thoughts. And this man basically said that, he can look at somebody that's going towards the forest and just kind of notice that they might be in a bad place and he'll just invite them into the coffee shop and he'll talk to them and just, you know, try to make them feel like, hey, you you don't have to do this. Since 1970, search parties made up of police and volunteers search the forest to recover bodies and give the bodies a proper burial, which I really respect. Mostly because some people are never found due to the dense forest and the difficult terrain, but they do try to go in and get these people out and bury them and put them to rest.
0: That's something I was going to bring up is with how thick it is and people getting lost so easily. Do they know if they even found
1: everyone? No, they don't know. When I was looking uh, before they stopped producing the numbers, even when they did release the numbers of the, I'm going to say victims of the forest, because they are victims, they never released a set number. They always would say, this is how many people that we found. However, there are more that are potentially unfound.
0: So they're just saying this is an approximate. Mm-hmm. These this are the is what we found.
1: Yeah. There are angry spirits that are also said to inhabit the forest. And we touched on this earlier. A lot of people believe that a lot of the spirits are attributed to the Uba stay ritual. And in the 19th century, when food was scarce, sons carried elderly parents into the forest on their backs and left them as a form of euthanasia in times of famine and hardship. A lot of people say that this is just folklore and it's not true. However, there are some people that do believe there might be some truth to it. Oh, fuck. There are also said to be vengeful spirits, and these are people that want to take revenge on people who cross them. These are spirits that torment the sad and lonely, and they're said to lead people off the path and get them lost in the woods. Buddhist monks have actually gone through and set up altars in the forest to combat spirits calling people to die by suicide. People in the forest have also claimed to hear blood-curdling screams said to be the Yuri. Some people claim that they've felt tugs on their sleeves or almost like heard whispers, just basically the forest luring you in and trying to get you to leave the path. Now, it is said that visiting the forest is safe as long as you stay on that path. If you do venture off the path, you can get really easily lost and you can't call for help because cell phones and compasses and all of that are said not to work. People, like I said earlier, they often find abandoned personal items. Some people that wander off the path have also reported finding human bones and remains. That being said, because of the pictures that I've looked up and I've seen while I was researching this, I would still visit this forest in an absolute heartbeat. I would not leave that path. And I do want to tell people when you Google this, just know you're going to come across pictures of victims. Uh, so I do want to tell people just be careful. I didn't include any pictures like that, but just be careful if you do look it up because that's you're you're going to see it without any warning. And I just want to end this story by telling people there's always someone there to help you. The Suicide Prevention Line in America is 1-800-273-8255. You can talk with them. There's a website. These people are awesome. The Lifeline is 24-7 free as confidential, excuse me, and is they provide support for people in distress prevention and crisis resources for you or your loved ones. So you can talk to them. uh, If you're feeling bad, if you have a family member that you're trying to find help for, they can also give you personally help with how you could potentially help these people. It's just a great line. Um, And I just wanted to make sure that everybody knows that. This was heavy, I'm sorry. Yeah,
0: thanks for doing like the heaviest story you could possibly find.
2: Yeah. At least you didn't do cannibalism.
0: This might have been worse. I think I might prefer cannibalism over this.
2: Yeah, suicide is a heavy topic, but... I mean, I don't think that we should necessarily refrain from doing it just because... I didn't say that, It's so heavy. Oh, I I
1: originally, I originally wanted to do this story because like I kept saying, this place is gorgeous. It's so pretty. I'm looking at pictures right now and it is absolutely gorgeous. But I also did not want to shy away from the fact that there are a lot of people that don't come out of this forest. And I just kind of wanted to give them that respect too. Uh, I don't,
0: I don't like it, but also it is very important. So, way to end on the heaviest note you could possibly find. I don't know how to follow that up, but we'll just start and say thank you for listening to Hell on Hills podcast. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Hell on Hills podcast and Facebook, which is just Hell on Hills podcast. If you want to support us, you can donate through Patreon. If you have your own true crime or paranormal stories, please email us at hellonheelspodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Linktree. The easiest way to find us on Linktree is just by going to our Instagram, and that link is on our Instagram, and you can see all the things that we have, um, listening platforms and such. A big shout-out to Amanda's husband, James, for creating the intro bop. Also, happy birthday, James. I know we're recording on your birthday. So we'll wrap up here pretty quickly so you can have your wife back. Where was I? Be sure to like, review, and subscribe on whatever platform you can. You can now rate us on Spotify. So if you can go ahead and give us five stars, that would be wonderful. And we would love you forever. And we would owe you a high five. Um, If we're not on your preferred listening platform, please let us know and we'll work on getting those episodes up on those channels. And this has been Hell on Heels podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.